Yes. I mean, it's, it's interesting what we learned on the, you know, what we learned on doing the long way around trip and how we took that knowledge and applied it on the long way down trip was basically to take as little as possible. A lot of the roads weren't marked uh, and didn't exist. So how did you navigate? Mm. Africa wasn't so bad. I mean, Mongolia was 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 really really hard. And and I remember we have these uh, we have these GPSs and, and and it had a very basic map of Mongolia. It had the sort of lakes and mm. the, the old town and stuff like that. And I remember we the second day we were in Mongolia and and, and we sat there and, and we put in with the town which we wanted to go to a couple of hundred miles away and I'm looking down and it can only shows a straight line because there's no roads to follow and uh, and I looked at this at this GPS and I looked up and well, I could see this whole mountain range in front of us and no road mm. and I thought Christ are we going to get through let's talk about Africa 14 yep. uh, different countries what amazed me is as you said that each country seemed to change at the border like yeah, the landscape changed. we've always found that I think on this trip uh, the the most uh, drastic change was coming out of Sudan. We we crossed all the way down, followed the Nile, the Nile Road they called the it. You saw the Nile about two times, you know, three hundred miles over there. <coughs> That's the Nile, and then you veer away from it again. But we came all the way down through Sudan, following the Nile loosely, and then we we crossed into Ethiopia. And that border was quite extraordinary because the heat in Sudan, we'd been travelling like forty-seven to forty-nine degree heat across quite sand. I'm terrible at riding on sand. It's very difficult to ride a bike on sand, especially a big heavy one. And um, so it involved me falling off a lot and Charlie having to help me pick my bike up a lot and through this incredible heat. And then we got to the border with Ethiopia and as soon as we were through the border, we started climbing up into green, rainy mountains. You know, we'd, like in the, in the space of an hour and a half, we'd gone from this blistering heat to, to being quite chilly in the rain. You mentioned the, the heat, actually, and you, you yeah. described that a lot. At one point, your feet boiling in your boots. That's basically. right. You used a, an expression I hadn't used before, you, which is that you smelled like a badger's ass. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what a badger's ass well, is? Well, I was going to can imagine. You can imagine, I suppose, yeah. 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 Charlie, I have to ask you, one of the outstanding moments of uh, Long Way Round was the testicle soup that you, uh, <laughs> you had in Mongolia. Uh, you know, a, <coughs> a question for the Epicureans in our audience. Yeah. What do testicles taste like? <laughs> Tastes of little lumps of gristle that pop, mm. which is not very nice in the whole. Anyway, and uh, so yeah, I, I actually you and ate his. I, his was quite small. Mine was quite large. Get it down. Get it first. <laughs> oh, sorry, just thinking about it. To me. <laughs> you eat it. Go on, Charlie. No. It was quite funny. We went up to the um, Eritrean border in Ethiopia. Uh, to do something with um, UNICEF because it's it's very dear to you and I's heart to work with UNICEF and we've worked with them a lot. And uh, we were doing a landmine thing where the Eritreans and the Ethiopians are sort of fighting against each other, and they've laid loads of loads of uh, mines. So we were doing something there about the effects that it has on children there. And so we sat with these elders in this uh, town, and we all sat down to have this traditional lunch and we sat and we had the pancakes and stuff like that. and I looked around and there were the two elders eating spaghetti bolognese <laughs> so I don't know it was, maybe it was the Italian influence that, that was there yeah. a long time ago You mentioned UNICEF and uh, mm. in both uh, journeys you visit a lot of places Chernobyl and Mongolia and yeah. Ethiopia as you mentioned it's one thing to read about what UNICEF does but you are clearly very moved by seeing yes. in person what they do yeah. You know, we saw in, in Kazakhstan, they showed us they'd spent 
I don't know, maybe two to three thousand dollars in these schools to, to build climbing walls. And these kids who had nothing to do before that, there was trouble with violence and drugs and alcohol and, and uh, because kids were just so bored, now had these climbing walls and they'd, they'd all learned to climb. Some of them had got really, really good at it. They had competitions between other schools. and So that's something that really tidied up that whole area. The kids now had a purpose. They could aspire to be good at something. They could be proud if they got good at it. And they could uh, compete with other schools. And it was wonderful for their confidence and self-esteem. And, and it was a very simple idea and cheap. Charlie, both of you struggled with moods at different times. <laughs> when were you most emotionally stretched? Yeah, I think he's more moody than I am, but I, that's not that there's any sense of competition <laughs> going on there. <laughs> moody points. <laughs> moody points, yeah. Um, note to self. Mm. No, uh, one of the good things about our relationship is one is that we're, very, we're quite different, and that, but as well as that, we both recognise when one of the other...